So welcome to Tales of the Resistance. I'm Mara Zelt. This is Amber Patterson. Hello. And Bella Brining. Hey, hey. And we're all part of the I Am Responsible team, which is a nationwide team of researchers and educators uh, focused on the area of antimicrobial resistance. All right. So this is our very first podcast episode, and I think we're all pretty excited to be official podcasters now, but we're going to start, we're going to start a little bit with an intro to the series. Like, what is this series about? Why did we kind of jump into the wide world of podcasting for this topic and what we're trying to accomplish with the series. We talk about antimicrobial resistance almost every day, but for our listeners, you know, it might be a good idea to just say what we have learned, the antimicrobial resistance, what it is, which is, um, well, any kind of microbe, and there's all kinds, bacteria, virus, fungi, they will will use sometimes chemicals or medicines to um, harm them in some way. If they're if they're trying to harm us, if they're pathogenic, then they can make us sick. And so we use medicines or chemical compounds to impede their growth or to kill them. And those are called antimicrobials or antibiotics, depending on which type of microbe they're trying to. Um, to impede and but those microbes they're you know they're not just going to take that lying down they start um, mutating and they get this resistance to all these medicines and compounds that we've started to really rely on in our day-to-day lives because you know every time you get your tooth taken out you they give you antibiotics if you have a surgery you get antibiotics when you're trying to clean a space and disinfectant you use antimicrobial disinfectant so you know we're really relying on those in our day-to-day lives and now microbes are mutating to resist them. I think it's important to spread the message. Uh, Antimicrobial resistance is a serious public health threat and people need to be informed about it. And I know it's personally touched my life and um, I just think it's a very important topic. I guess if I had a pitch for this podcast of why you should care, why you should listen, I would say from my own experience before I joined this team, I always thought microbes, that whole deal, antibiotics was somebody else's problem. Someone who had a degree, someone who had gone to school with it, someone who knew the science, that was their thing to deal with. Since joining our team, I realized we all play a part. And I think that's what I want people listening to realize is there's stuff you can do. You can take action. And maybe that reflects poorly on my character saying someone else will handle it, but whew, quite the awakening. No, I think that's super, super important, Bella, because I mean, we're talking about the potential to make diseases that we think we've kind of solved come back. They're, they're becoming new threats again in a way that they haven't been for a hundred years. And, and that can be really scary. I think it's important that, you know, having that, this is where I can take action, that we all have the possibility to get involved in the solution is really empowering 
you know, because otherwise, I think we've all been sitting through this last few years, the experience of what the power of a microbial pathogen can really be. And the potential that that could be the world that we live in forever, if we can't get a handle on um, pathogenic, all these pathogenic species that are sort of redeveloping, you know, or re-emerging as serious threats um, over the next, you know, half century or so, then that's scary. But thinking about, you know, okay, there's simple things that we can all do that's actually going to mean that, you know, this two-year period is the aberration, that we're not going to be in this forever. I think that you need that. So, you know, (laughs) that's good. That's good. I agree. I agree. Strangely enough, I started working for the AMR team and learning what antimicrobial resistance is because otherwise I would have had none, no idea. And it just so happened that about a year into this work, um, my mom got a urinary tract infection and um, she, you know, urinary tract infections are not fun. They're painful and they're annoying. And she went to the doctor and the doctor took a sample of her urine and prescribed an antibiotic and sent her home. And, um, you know, she took her full dose of antibiotics like you're supposed to, and then found that she still wasn't feeling well, went back to the doctor again, they'd sampled her urine. Again, she still had a UTI. They gave her another antibiotic, sent her home. She took the full course of antibiotics like she was instructed to do and still wasn't feeling well. This happened two more times. So she took a total of four antibiotics, four courses of antibiotics. And the doctor brought her in the fourth time after she had finished her course of antibiotics and cultured her urine and said, you still have a UTI, and for whatever reason, this UTI, you're presenting with antibiotic resistance. So she had to go see a urologist, and uh, the urologist ended up scanning her bladder and doing a cystogram to make sure there weren't any other concerns that they should be looking out for. Um, But what happens to be the major issue is the resistance. So she has now been prescribed six months worth of antibiotics and is taking them um, as we speak. And hopefully she'll start feeling better soon. But, you know, when you talk about the consequences of antimicrobial resistance or antibiotic resistance, it's really scary to think about like, okay, someone could get sick and not get better even after being prescribed the correct antibiotic because they had cultured her urine and determined that this antibiotic should have killed her infection when in fact it did not. You know, so the, of course, worse outcome would be someone dying because they could not treat an infection. That won't be the case with my mom, thank God, but there's other consequences too, like medical expenses. So a UTI that should have taken one doctor's visit to treat and one course of antibiotics 
has now turned into something that has taken four months and several doctor's visits, including a visit to a specialist and another six months worth of antibiotics at $30 a prescription. So you kind of start to see what the impacts of antimicrobial resistance are or antibiotic resistance. And it's not, it's not fun. <laughs> it's, it's at the least inconvenient and at the worst could be tragic. So that's kind of been my takeaway from it and what I've really come to understand after going through this journey with my mom. Plus the fact that she's just been very uncomfortable for four months now. So yeah, that's just really put into perspective for me what, what the consequences are of AMR. Yeah, I'm, you know, I've been thinking a lot about lately how, what the world was like before we had antibiotics, right? Because if we're going to be facing that world again, and I think about, you know, the times where in my life where, um, in an, without modern medicine, I would have died much earlier already, you know, I'm not that old, but I wouldn't be here. And so, you know, just the extreme mortality that what a world would it would be different if we didn't have it and not just the deaths, but like you said here, Amber, what it is, it's suffering, you know, and if we don't, if we can't get antibiotics to work, even if, even if there are alternative treatments, but if you couldn't cure it then what a different life that that would be, you know? And it's, it's tragic, really. It is because we've, we're so used, I think, maybe especially in the Western world when we talk about, you know, human history is on this path of progress. Like this would be a huge step back, like a dark ages of medical that we'd be looking at with AMR. And I guess I, I don't have the personal relationship. I don't know, besides Amber's mom, <laughs> anyone who's had an antimicrobial resistant infection um, in my own life, or at least not that I know of, um, no one has said. Um, but the scale of it and the the history, I guess, in, in historical terms, what it would mean and that's kind of why I'm still so invested in this, you know, even though it's, it, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a microbi microbiologist, um, but why I'm still so passionate about this topic is just the scale and the, uh, like I said, the tragedy that, mm -hmm. that we gotta, we have to prevent, we have to. Right. Right, and I just think anyone, any person that's ever taken an antibiotic should be invested, you know, because we take for granted the fact that they're always there for our use. We expect to take our course of antibiotics and feel better, and most of us do. But if those weren't available to us, you know, a lot of times the outcome would be pretty tragic. So, yeah. It's almost 
come to the point where it is something that almost seems like a right. You know, mm-hmm. when you're born in the modern world and you've never known a life that doesn't have modern medicine, it seems like it's our birthright. We deserve to have this advanced medical care and knowing there may be a day where, you know, our children's children's children won't have that because we didn't take precautions, you would just feel horrible. So I think mm. is I don't know anybody today, but I refuse to have my actions and my ignorance make somebody's tomorrow worse. And I think that is where I reach my personal note and where I come from because I want generations after me to be happy and healthy and have the opportunities I have because I was born in a time where we do have good medicine and I want it to stay like that. Yeah, if, what if this was the brief moment in the sun? You know, if they wrote, they wrote the history of, you know, human history in 200 years and then there was this 60 year time frame when they had antibiotics, but they just couldn't get their shit together. And so here we are, you know, the world reverted to its natural state in relationship with antibiotics. Now that would just be, oh boy, what a, what an indictment on our generation. And oh, <laughs> let's not even think about that. We got to I would rather have the people of the future laughing about how we did not understand science as well as we should have and how we seem so uneducated than have them go. They knew, but they didn't do anything about it. Yeah. That's where I want to see the world going. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely want to be like the the 1860s doctors who were like what hand washing not (laughs) (laughs) why should I hand wash rather than oh yeah well I should have hand washed for 20 seconds but I just didn't do it and so now they only had cold water so I didn't feel like doing (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see that exactly exactly I think another reason that at least for my opinion, we wanted to structure the podcasts in the way that we're going to be doing them. We're going to be having team members from the group, the I Am Responsible group that we're a part of, to come in and talk about their work with antibiotic resistance. Um, And that one of the reasons for that is just to kind of introduce what science is really like um, as a profession, how we find out about antimicrobial or antibiotic resistance, how we're constantly learning new things, as well as what we're constantly learning. You know, this is an opportunity for us as non-professors to continue to learn, continue to engage with the experts and also to share what we're learning with you guys. That's why I'm jumping on this train. I mean, personally, I feel there's nothing wrong with some free education. (laughs) I would love to learn more about 
antibiotic resistance from the experts. And I'm just kind of excited to sit down and really see what our world is about when you break it down to everyone's roles. That's what I love about working in science. And that's why I think looking forward to my career in the future, I'll always try to pursue something in science because it's like a huge team working towards progress, working towards the future. We all play our role, whether we go our day to day and be like, wow, I just changed the world. We're all working towards progress. And I really love that about it. And no matter if you're in the lab, if you're in our computer room, you're still working towards one goal with a bunch of people all around the world, all around the country. So our little Schmidt lab team, you know, is working towards a bigger purpose yeah it's a good field for the idealistic I think (laughs) even though even though it's science and people think it's it's you know that's for the logistical minded you know or not the logically minded logistical well that's on the brain for me at least Um, (laughs) uh, anyway but it it's not just that because scientists they're people too you know we got into this because we have our own like concerns and passions and you know the the drive to improve the chemical um, or to reduce chemical pollutions in water sounds, oh, hey, that's very technical, you know. Um, it's a, a field for a scientist or someone who thinks about numbers and chemicals. But really, that's a field for someone who cares about people, about the animals and the environment that is affected by those chemical pollutions. That's someone who is passionate about human health as much as any doctor, just in a different way. And, you know, scientists, you know, even though they may present as logical because the sort of, or I don't want to keep coming back to saying logical, they present as sort of cold and the facts only and that sort of thing, because that's the, that's the way that the profession, um, it it sort of molds you, Mm -hmm. but at your, at their core, where we and all of the people we work with, I think you'll see through this series, really care about what they're doing and the effects that it could have for people, driven by that empathy as much as by what the numbers are telling them, I think is an important insight that we'll get as, we, as we've worked with them and that hopefully the audience will get as well. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, I think we're going to close out our conversation now, and we're going to look ahead to next week's episode. And I'm very excited about our next podcast. We'll be featuring Dr. Amy Schmidt. She's an associate professor in biological systems engineering and animal science at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for joining us.